you're listening to the Seven Transformations podcast. For access to the latest content, including the show notes to this episode, stay connected at the7transformations.com. Create a life you love. Transformation is an ongoing journey, and it is good that we don't have to walk that path alone. My name is Tudor Alexander, and this is my weekly podcast sharing life lessons on and off the competitive floor with a few stories in between. Thank you for joining me on this journey. And now, let's create a life we love. What's up, everybody? My name is Tudor Alexander, and this is the Seven Transformations podcast. Welcome back. I am here today with my lovely guest, Bobby. How's it going, Bobby? It's going great, Tudor. Thank you for having me. And we've How long have we known each other, Bobby? It's been... It's been a while since I've seen you, but we've known each other for a good one. About eight, seven, eight years seven, now. Seven, eight years now. Yeah. yeah. It's amazing. Bobby is doing some amazing transformational work in our community, and I'll let her kind of more explain what she's doing, but I'm very thrilled to have her here, have her share her message with you. Uh, and so, yeah, take it away, Bobby. What do you do? Well, basically what I do is I promote healthy relationships and bring awareness to the issue of teen dating violence uh, through uh, an organization that my husband and I co-founded called Katie's Way. Yeah. And um, we co-founded the organization in honor of our daughter because unfortunately um, we, our family uh, had a very tragic um, incident occur a little over 10 years ago. And, um, our daughter, uh, Caitlin Marie Sudbury, who was a senior at Moon Valley High School, uh, she was dating a young man. Uh, this, uh, relationship lasted, you know, about a year. And, uh, initially it started off really nice and sweet and, um, your basic two teenagers dating and getting to know each other and everything. And unfortunately over time it evolved into a very abusive relationship mm. Uh, her being the victim and him being the abuser. And uh, ultimately, um, as things escalated and progressed, uh, she found her way out of the relationship uh, with the support of family and friends. Uh, But there were a lot of areas we didn't know about and a lot of things we didn't understand about the dynamics of an abusive related relationship, let alone an abusive dating relationship. Mm. Therefore things spun out of control. Um, and in January 28, 2008, uh, he, uh, found a gun, uh, in his house and, uh, stalked my daughter. And as she was arriving home from school, he, um, he came up on her and he murdered her and then committed suicide. Wow. And that incident um, changed our lives forever. Yeah. You know, what we knew as no normal no longer exists or will exist. Our lives are changed forever. And something like that, when something like that happens, it's not anything you ever get over. You know, people wonder, when are you going to close that chapter or when are you going to come to terms with it and stuff like that? Um a situation like this, losing a child under any circumstances, um, and then brutally, uh, it's something you just learn to live with for the rest of your life because you can't go back in time and change anything. So your first instinct when something like this happens, at least for us as a parent, and I've seen it happen to other parents is you want to curl up and die. Yeah. 
you literally do not want to go on with life. You just feel like there's, there's nothing more for you. And how could this possibly happen to you and your family? Uh, in our case, we have four other children. So it was almost like that was not an option. We had to be there for them. They needed us and mm. they needed to see our strength and, 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 uh, the leadership from, you know, their parents to go forward and continue to make lives for themselves despite what had happened. Our youngest child was 14 at the time when this occurred. Our oldest, uh, I believe, being a 24. So they were very young. Um, we were young as parents in losing a child. And we decided after, you know, doing some research and looking into the situation and, you know, because you do the shoulda, coulda, woulda. Right. You know, what could I have done differently? How have, how could I have done things differently? And when we looked, when we stepped back and took a look at it, we did everything we could legally within our power. You know, yeah, you can go illegal and everything like that, but there's, that's a whole other road you can go down that you still may not have a different outcome or anything. But nonetheless, we chose to make a difference in the community. And the one statistic that really helped us understand that this is such a huge issue is that 81% of adults didn't even realize that teen dating violence was actually an issue. Wow. And to be perfectly honest, my husband and I didn't even know it had a name. All we thought was, number one, we were alone. Um, our daughter was being severely harassed and therefore our family. That There were a lot of measures we couldn't take, um, a lot of support we could not get. And so we wanted to change that. And we want to help people understand, number one, how important are healthy relationships on all levels in your life? Very important. Um, Absolutely. You know, uh, what can be done to help a victim of abuse in a dating relationship or a domestic violence relationship or with bullying, for that matter? You know, and so we, we did a couple of things. We formed Katie's Way, the nonprofit, and then we also turned around and um, participated in the passage of what's known as Katie's Law. Uh, where the Arizona Coalition to End Sexual and Domestic Violence, uh, for five years, they tried to get this law passed. Hmm. And it wasn't until um, the loss of life and somebody willing to testify, that being me, uh, that the law actually was changed. What is the law about? What does it say? Basically what it says is, is that it amends the domestic violence statutes in the state of Arizona, 13-3601, to add those in dating relationships or formally in a dating relationship to the relationship guidelines of the law. Oh, so it's not just for people who are married, basically. Right. Mm -hmm. You know, yeah. So that's... That's a, good, that's a, big, that's a big deal. Yeah, it, it is that. because, I mean, law enforcement, with or without warrant, can arrest the individual that committed the offense. Mm -hmm. um, the, in order protection can now be obtained by people in dating relationships or formerly in dating relationships that were abused. We weren't able to get an order of protection. Wow. And then... Um, there's a three strikes version to this law where if somebody's charged and convicted under this law for a third time, it could be a felony. That doesn't mean it will be, okay, mm -hmm. but it could be a felony. It is at the discretion of the prosecuting attorney. But I have seen people go to prison anywhere from a year to seven and a half years for being charged and convicted under this law. Yeah. So it, it is. And, and the relationship just has to be romantic or sexual in nature. Mm -hmm. Now, one thing we do... Um, you know, advocate and let people know is, look, not all dating relationships are sexual in nature, nor do they or should they be, mm -hmm. okay? But dating, by definition, is romantic. So this goes for anybody in a dating relationship. 
you know, and this is part of the education that we provide to the community. That's that's amazing. I mean, I really love what you do, and you're so passionate about it. Uh, I haven't seen you in quite a while, so it's really nice to reconnect and, and hear that your message is still very strong and, and going going hard. I mean, what I can't imagine, you know, I, I don't have kids, you know, and everybody who I've spoken to that has kids, and when the topic of, you know, losing a child, obviously, as a parent, that's one of the, the biggest nightmares that we can have, you know. So what, you know, and you really turn that around into this amazing transformative opportunity for everybody else to really benefit from it, you know, in a sense of really educating and preventing things like this from happening in the future. What does this Katie's way, what is the work that you do mean for your life purpose right now? How do you see your life and, you know, your mission here on the planet, your, your purpose and what you're doing and how does this fulfill that purpose for you? I believe this became my purpose, mm -hmm. that this is my purpose. Um, it's, it's one of those things where I look back and I see everything I've done in my life has prepared me for this, mm. okay? Everything I've experienced in my life, what I've dealt with in my life has prepared me for this. And um, it goes all the way back to me being a child. And I've also, through this organization and everybody I've come to know through, you know, in this last 10 years, yeah. is I've learned a lot about myself and what I've dealt with. Oh, absolutely. You yeah. know, I mean, me, um, when I was born, I went home to a very abusive environment. Mm. You know, it, it was like my grandfather and my mother didn't disclose this to me until after um, we had lost Katie. Wow. And uh, my grandfather, on a normal basis, used to be very abusive to my nana, wow. his wife. And that's the house I went home to. My mom. And you never knew about that. It was all under wraps pretty much. It was pretty much so. My, 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 my nana passed away when she was 59 and I was nine years old at the time. So I didn't see any of the abuse other than verbal abuse going back and forth between them. But mm -hmm. that was very normal for me. So I didn't see it as abuse until I became a, an adult and working in this industry. Mm -hmm. My mother, when she told me that my grandfather used to beat up my nana, I was flabbergasted. I was just like, this man, I swear, didn't say more than five words to me my whole life. But I didn't see that as abuse or anything like that. I just saw that as he was a very quiet person. Yeah. You know, and didn't have a whole lot to say. It's amazing the things we say or we think is normal and, and how we adjust to those things. Ex exactly. You know, and so you're raised in this environment. Now, my mother was raised in that environment. So she basically saw all the abuse as normal. So when she got married... Mm. The, her relationships were abusive, very abusive. And so all of us kids came up in this. I was the oldest of five. Wow. And so I'm watching this. I'm seeing this. It looks very normal to me. But on the flip side of that, I'm also taking care of my younger siblings and protecting them from mm. this stuff, you know, and trying to keep them out of it and everything. I mean, at the age of 10, I almost lost my eight fingers when I tried to help on one occasion. Wow. You know, help my mother as she's being brutalized, you know, uh, you know, and there were other incidents that followed that as I grew up and until I moved out of the household, which I moved out at the age of 16. Wow. Yeah. And I was able to get my own apartment. People are probably wondering why. Well, yes, I told a few white lies, mm -hmm. you know, but it was all a matter of survival and me getting out of that environment. But unfortunately, I went right from the frying pan into the fire because 
What did I know about healthy relationships? So mm-hmm. I ended up in very unhealthy relationships. And my first marriage mm-hmm. was very unhealthy. And that lasted for five years. Wow. So those cycles that follow us through the generations and and you but you're really changing yours and that's what's really inspiring because I mean this kind of is another tangent but you know you have these they say like the information gets carried through our genes you know and the the epigenetics and and the the karma whatever you however you want to look at it there's that information that keeps carrying through and every generation has a chance to change that you know so you're really doing you're reversing all those generations of of that cycle, that pattern, and creating it to be something positive and transformative. You know? Absolutely, it's yeah. it's breaking the cycle. Yeah, you know, it's it's totally breaking the cycle. And you know, after I left that marriage um, with my two children in tow, I went to school to be a, become a paralegal, hmm. and so I went into the legal fo- field for three years. Um, after finishing school. Uh, after that, I went into some management supervisory positions with with the company. Um, let's see, I, I worked in retail, so I understand customer service mm. and you know what people need. And all the pieces to the puzzle that you're using now. Yeah, all came together, and you know my paralegal that allowed that helped me so that I was able to put together our um, articles of incorporation, mm. our bylaws, get our five hundred one c three status. And uh, in, in actually, I sent it in in January, and I got it back in March approved. Wow, that's, that's quick. amazing! Yeah. yeah, it was forty six days to that's the really quick. Yeah, forty six days to the date um, was how quickly we got our repur- approval, which was just wonderful. And we knew wow. that that was very telling of what we needed to yeah. do and why we needed to do it. Um, but when I realized this was my purpose, is when I was diagnosed with breast cancer and survived it. Wow. Right. So I went through six months of treatments, um, you know, just uh, chemotherapy, radiation, the whole thing. And um, February 2010 was my last um, uh, treatment. And from then since, I have been in remission, clean, cancer-free. Wow, awesome. And I just feel like if my purpose wasn't necessary, I wouldn't be here. You know, I would have gone, you know, gone away back in 2010. You know, so those kinds of things are what help me understand my purpose. Well, what, you know, let's talk about your organization really quick and the work that you do through it. What is your favorite part of that process? You know, you're... You're out in the community. You're coordinating events. I know you through that uh, kind of Dancing with the Stars event that you did, the Celebrity Step, um, and you're doing speaking. You're coordinating all kinds of different things. What is your favorite part of the work that you do? I would say the first thing that popped in my head when you started asking that question is uh, my favorite part is to see the light bulb go on. Hmm. As I'm up there presenting and... um, Mentioning certain, you know, warning signs or red yeah. flags, the cycle, what goes on in the cycle, uh, you know, talking about safety planning and whatnot. You can literally see the light bulb go on in some mm. cases. You know, you see young people sometimes acknowledging and maybe, you know, pointing at another one saying, you know what, I've seen you do that. Or mm. you, you've done that to your friend, um, mm. you know, kind of thing. So it's really, you know, great to see that happen because educating people and helping people understand uh, the importance of healthy relationships and all of that is very therapeutic. 
it it helps to help others. Yeah, absolutely. When you've dealt with a tragedy in helping others, it really does. It gets inside your soul and you feel elated, especially when you that there's the one. Mm. The one that comes up to you afterwards and says, Thank you so much. You helped mm. me. You you confirmed. I had one young lady walk up to me and I mean she was just in tears. Oh man. She was devastatingly in tears. And I mean it was just like it took everything I had not to join her. Yeah, right? yeah. Once she gathered herself, she explained to me, you helped me understand how much my parents love me hmm. because I was going through the same thing last year and they were talking to me. They were doing everything right and helping me. And while I was, you know, not understanding, you know, I thought they were just trying to keep me away Ignoring from them and all the, of yeah. that and mm -hmm. everything. But you help me understand how much my parents truly love me. Oh, that's great. That was, I yeah, mean, that was I mean, so elating. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah, exactly. It's those moments that really carry us forward. It does. And every time I start feeling a little, am I doing enough? And is, is what I'm doing right? Am I headed down the right mm. path? I will get an email or some kind of phone call or something from somebody confirming that, yeah, we need to continue. We need to do this and keep on this because we will see a light at the end of this tunnel. Mm. That's amazing. Yeah, I think it's those little boosts, you know, that always keep us going. It's And it really ties into uh, one of the questions I had actually, which is, you know, it's easy to get into the mundane of what we do, whatever, what, regardless of the, you know, meaningfulness of the experience and the impact that we're making, there are the the things that about even with an organization obviously running events planning them there's so much work and there's so much of the mundane that we have to sift through until we can get to those moments where somebody you know approaches you and says you know what you really changed my life or whatever so how how do we basically how do you not slip into that cynicism how what are some ways that you create more of those transformative perspectives or moments in your own life, in this work, uh, and don't slip into the reasons and the problems and all the other things that exist just in, by nature of, of doing anything, you know, in life. I believe what I'm, what I do in that case is make sure that I surround myself with very empowering and encouraging individuals, mm. people that are going to be a voice of reason that are going to tell me the truth. Mm -hmm. If I'm all of a sudden starting to slip, I want somebody to tell me, look, you're slipping, mm -hmm. not sugarcoat it or anything like yeah. that. Just be straight with me. Be honest with me because I appreciate that. I am not somebody that if you if you beat around the bush, I'm just going to follow you around that bush because I have no idea where you're going. You know <laughs> right, what I'm saying? Right. I am not going to understand what you're saying. You just need to be straight with me. Yeah. And also, too, I don't like to assume. Hmm. I don't like to assume anything for any reason. If I have a question... I will ask it if anybody has a question about me or anything I'm doing, please ask it, you know, because I would rather that you hear it from me than kind of assume or maybe take something personal that's not meant to be taken personal mm -hmm. or anything like that, you know. Mm. Um, it's, but I think surrounding yourself with encouraging and empowering people, like minded, positive thinkers, people that genuinely have your best interest at heart. Mm. 
is 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 huge because strength in numbers. Yeah, you know, absolutely. this is not something my husband and I are doing on our own. We have volunteers like yourself. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have board members. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have interns that we work with at the colleges and everything. We wouldn't be able to do this by ourselves. Yeah. No way, no how. Yeah, it's like you know that whole idea when you plant something, you make sure it's in fertile ground and it's not around any weeds. You know, it can't grow if it's in a toxic environment. So the the relationships of your life are a key. And you component. have to feed them and water yeah, them yeah, and nurture absolutely. them. Exactly. And it's, you know, it's like, it's, it's like a, I don't know, you know, I always use this example and it, it just popped into my head now because uh, I'm Eastern Orthodox and our Easter is actually, uh, you know, it's, it's like at midnight when we go and when we go, there's a ceremony where the priest, it's, it's completely dark and the priest has one candle and I'm not super religious, but. I go there once a year for this event. I think it's really cool because the representation of it is very cool. So the priest has one candle and then people start taking light from that candle and they give it to each other. And then obviously the wind is usually blowing and the lights go out. So you have this really dynamic network of people sharing light, you know, from one source. And then it was basically uh, something that multiplied. So when you have an environment of people, like you said, that are empowering. And essentially what that means is there's they are leaders in their own right. You mm-hmm. know, you can inspire each other and keep each other motivated uh, because it's inevitable to have fluctuations. Sometimes you're going to wake up and you're not going to want to do anything. But if, if you're inspiring each other and you're in that culture, uh, it, it keeps the keeps the light on, you know, so to speak. So I think you've pointed to something very important. Oh, it surely does. And mm-hmm. there's there's another aspect to it too, especially being in a field such as this, mm-hmm. you know, any kind of advocacy field or where you're helping other people and everything is it's real important that you exercise self-care. Mm, yeah. You really have true. to take care of yourself so you can take care of others. That's true. I did trip up on that a, for several years. I had a really hard time with that. Um, you know, uh, allowing time for myself and my Mm. family and my me time and everything. But going through the cancer helped me come to that conclusion. Mm. Slowed you down a little bit. Exactly. And it really made me take a look inside me and realize what do I need? Mm. You know, being a woman, being a mother, uh, being a wife, you know, everybody else's needs were always met. Mm -hmm. Everybody else's uh, needs were always met. And then I came afterwards yeah and so when my kids grew up and moved out and everything like that i replaced their needs with the community's needs Mm, there's only somebody to take care of exactly so me myself again you know i didn't take care of myself and i believe that's why the cancer came on Mm. um or in part and then uh you know years after that so after the cancer i learned i need to take anywhere from 30 minutes to an hour to myself oh yeah Daily. At least. Yeah, yes. Yeah. You know, to it's exercise or just take a nice hot bath, yeah. you know, maybe just veg out in front of the TV yeah. for no reason or just listen to music and dance around. Exactly. Whatever works for you. But we do need to take care of ourselves and allow ourselves time to repair mm-hmm. and rejuvenate. And we do need to go off and get disconnected. Mm-hmm. You know, right now, today, we have such a society of connectivity with technology mm-hmm. that it is so hard to disconnect from the work life 
you know, and, and, and other projects you may be involved in. constantly bombarded with notifications about every little thing. Yes, yeah. yes, everywhere. Social media bombards you. It's impossible to be mindful when you're constantly distracted by things. Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's so, a, it takes a lot more conscious effort to to have that mindfulness, you know, because it's so many things bombarding us, you know. You really have to plan and will it into your life to be mindful. Otherwise, you just get swept up in constant stimulus exchange. Well, so. you absolutely do. And the thing about it is, is we have to remember the first healthy relationship we really need to have. is with ourselves. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Yep. That is so it. That and is very true. You know, how can I possibly be out there teaching this and not exercising it myself? So yeah. I've really been very cognizant about that uh, lately, hmm. you know, not overscheduling myself, um, taking time off vacations, mm-hmm. you know, maybe floating down the river where you totally have hey, to get disconnected. Yeah, Salt River, that's awesome. <laughs> yes. I got to do that this year. I missed, I usually go every year, but uh, yeah, boy, you, you get real sunburn though, if you, especially if you go down the four hour or five hour ride. And that's the one I always do. <laughs> yeah, that's good though. Well, your your journey in this, uh, in this last 10 years has been very transformational on yourself and all these life lessons that you're learning. What is different about you now in terms of how you are with people around you, whether that's how you are with your close friends and family, with the, you know, other coworkers or people that you serve? What what has changed about your personality, about your behavior? You know, what has transformed as a result of this journey in the last 10 years? I would say that I am a much better person. Mm. I'm a much better person. Uh, I appreciate myself much more, mm-hmm. and I'm uh, I'm constantly practicing uh, the four agreements and our oh, peace rights and responsibilities. Yeah. Yes, you know, uh, it, it's like, and then our peace rights and responsibilities. What we how what we utilize to teach mm-hmm. uh, healthy relationships. And what was I forgot what the acronym was for? You guys have pretty much a, it's peace, right? That's the correct. Yes, an and acronym, but that stands for patience, empathy, acceptance, caring, and equality. Nice. You know, and we believe, we truly believe those with respect, love, and honesty, you got it. Yeah. I mean, it's a very basic way to allow yourself to have healthy relationships. Absolutely. That's and great. so I had to learn to be more patient with myself and more patient with others. Mother of all virtues right there. <laughs> there you go. Yes. And, you know, empathy, you know, that's a mm. huge thing. But I don't think a lot of people understand empathy, mm. you know, and, and it can be a little perplexing because we don't always know how people feel about things. Yeah. But we can certainly try to understand, you know, um, and then accepting, accepting everybody despite their differences. Yeah. Uh, you know, I mean, if there if somebody has something going on with them that maybe I can't accept such as maybe they're very verbally abusive. Mm. Okay. Then I excuse myself from that relationship. Mm-hmm. I am not. And I, and I allow myself the, the ability to walk away. Yeah. You allow yourself to not accept that. Exactly. You know, there's nothing wrong with that. Yes. You know, so. But the people that I love and that I care about and even of myself, you know, we're all a little different in our own ways yeah, and absolutely. we do things differently. So we just have to realize that that's the case. And I kind of look at it as if I want something done a certain way, mm-hmm. I really just need to do it myself. Yeah. You know, otherwise let people do what it is and how they do it. Yeah, absolutely. You know, because you never know. You might learn something too. And then caring is about... Um, 
you know, basically about everybody honoring the fact that we all have opinions and ideas. We're not going to always agree. Disagreeing is fine, you know, and then also boundaries, Mm -hmm. establishing and understanding our boundaries, but also letting other people know what those boundaries are. Mm -hmm. So they know not to cross them. Mm -hmm. And then you've got equality, which is huge. Yeah. It, it, to me, in relationships, there doesn't need to be any bosses. Yeah, no, we're, it's, we're it's supposed a, to have fun and team. enjoy each other. It's yeah, exactly. I mean, and, you know, so you just treat each other as equals. And in that, you will learn how to deal with conflict and realizing that, yeah, you have choices. Mm. When you don't agree with somebody, that is fine. You can talk about it and possibly agree. You can agree to disagree. And then you can also compromise. Mm. So... The living these these virtues and our values and everything has just made it so much easier for me to love myself and for others to be able to get close to me and stuff like that. I used to be very um, I had a wall. Mm-hmm. I had a wall around me because I wasn't very trusting of others because I've seen a lot of people, uh, it, I dealt with a lot of abandonment in my life. Yeah. And so I would never trust that anybody would be there for any amount of time. Well, my current husband has proven that wrong. Hmm. You know, he told me from the very beginning he was in it for the long haul. And my attitude in the very beginning, 26, 27 years ago was, yeah, we'll see about that. <laughs> you know, cause of course I didn't yeah, trust anybody, yeah. but he, you know, said I'm in it for the long haul and you know, he's been in it for the long haul all That's the way. Great. And it's really shown me a difference, hmm. you know, in people and how important a man is in a child's life. Yeah. In all of that, and I've, I just feel like I've I've been fortunate enough to learn quite a bit in this marriage and in this life. That's beautiful. Well, what now? Looking at it, what does transformation mean to you right now? Like in in the work that you do, what is when you hear that word? What does it mean to you? It means um, moving in a very positive good direction allowing yourself to grow Mm. and take in what's going on around you but then also having your boundaries Mm. and going with the flow okay that's real important i believe that everything does happen for a reason Mm -hmm. okay um and and i believe that so that i can cope with what happened to our daughter yeah okay so that being said you know, we have certain obstacles that come up in our way. And when an obstacle comes up, you know, we can think about, okay, how are we going to deal with this? You know, do we go around it? Do we crush it? You know, how do we deal with this? Mm. And if it keeps popping up and keeps popping up, that basically tells me the direction I'm going is not really the right direction. Mm. Maybe I need to look in another direction, but just being open-minded enough to realize that, um, there are other ways to address things and go at things and work through things. Mm. You can work through them. You can work um, around them, but you just have to, you know, really assess the situation and allow yourself to grow and transform. It's just like um, a caterpillar yeah. that turns into this beautiful butterfly. I believe that we're all meant mm. to do stuff like that. We all have a purpose. Absolutely. It's just finding it. <laughs> yeah. And I think it's being open to it too. You know, mm-hmm. we, one of the, the book I'm writing, The Seven Transformations, it's it's in the same line of what you're talking about right now, which is that there are, I believe, seven kind of major obstacles that we 
that prevent us from you know activating our our life that we love the creating that we we love and one of them is cynicism Mm -hmm. one of them is it's it's like this uh it's like a blockage to your spiritual purpose to your greater to the greater picture of your life and uh, and I think that also touches on what you're talking about, which is openness, being open to your purpose, being open to what's next, the future, what is, where is this going? Because a lot of times we get really cynical about everything, you know, you know, something can happen to you and you can turn it into something positive or you can dwell on it, you know, that kind of thing. So, exactly. uh, so it's really cool to hear that. What in your opinion, since we're talking about obstacles, it's a great segue. What in your opinion is the major obstacle to transformation in someone's life. I think we get in our own way a lot. Mm-hmm. I definitely think we get in our own way. Uh, self-doubt yeah. can be huge on somebody. You know? And a lot of that has to do with um, our environment, mm-hmm. You know what we've dealt with growing up, um, and just really uh, not honoring ourselves enough. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, that doesn't, that doesn't mean, uh, we need to go narcissistic or anything like that. Yeah, sure. That just means that we really need to, um, you know, uh, forgive ourselves and allow ourselves to move forward. Mm. You know, uh, dwelling on something is not going to fix it. Uh, I met my dad for the first time at the age of 52. Wow. Yeah. So for for 52 years i i i had pretty much uh come to the conclusion that i was going to die without knowing him and i was perfectly fine with that you know wow. got over the anger and everything and sure enough he reaches out when i was 52 and he says um i'd like i'd like to meet you and i was like okay so when we did meet he wanted to explain to me what happened wow and i said you know what let me stop you there okay and i said can you do anything to change the past? He said, no. It's gone forever. Right. I said, so basically we don't, re- we don't have to rehash that. We don't mm-hmm. have to go there. How about if we just move forward, you know, and just kind of go from there and, and, you know, learn that lesson and move on. Mm-hmm. I also think people get hung up on failure. Uh, I don't really like that word too much because I don't see anything that happens as truly failure. Mm-hmm. I see life lessons, you know, so long as we learn from them and we just move forward, we look back and we say, okay, last time I did that, that didn't work out so good. So maybe I need to come out yeah, of it. What'd you learn different... from it? Exactly. exactly. We need to learn and allow ourselves to learn. Mm. Yeah. It's, it's interesting. I just had an episode that I recorded, uh, on action and taking action. And part of it was that when we see failure as a resource, you don't lose you don't lose anything, you know, because if, like, think about it. Like, let's say I take an action towards something. Usually that's always going to lead to more actions. So the, the return on investment is always higher because I always get more for what I put in. Even if what I do is an utter failure in absolute every aspect, if you are willing to see it as what, as an educational opportunity, then it gives you in return again, more action. So there's nothing to really lose as long as you keep an open mind and you see it as a resource, you know, rather than, like you said, a failure, which tends to have that connotation of finality, you know, like you hear that and it's like final, like it's a failure. So I'm going to stop. Exactly. Exactly. You know, and in relationships, a lot of people, you know, when a relationship ends, that's a loss. Yeah. Okay. So you're going to go through a grieving process and that's understandable. But by the same token, 
Um, you know, I, I tell people all the time, hey, I kissed a lot of frogs by the time I met my prince. Yeah, well, you got to try. <laughs> yeah, nothing ventured, nothing gained, yeah, you know, kind absolutely. of thing. So you just really need to be okay with something not working the way you had expected it to mm. work. You know, because the thing about it is we only have control over so much. Mm-hmm. And that so much is ourselves. Yeah. There are so many other variables that come in on just about every given situation that we don't have any control over. So if you look at a situation and say, what control do I actually have here? You can move forward. Hmm. Is so long as you tried to do what you could do within your means, you got you have nothing to be yeah, embarrassed or empowered. ashamed about. It's when yes, you, you're empowered. It's you're, when you're trying to control the outside that you get disempowered. And yes. You, you run in, you run into error difficulty and um you know accidents and stuff like that that's because you've gone beyond mm. your area of control mm. interesting thing. yeah nice well said well any any final words of wisdom i mean how have your experiences in doing this project and sharing your message how and working with people how has it given you wisdom about the rest of the world about you know, people in general that, uh, that you can share anything that you would like to share in that respect. Everyone has a story. Hmm. Everyone is on a journey and no one, but that person really knows what's gone on with them. Hmm. So don't judge people go with the flow and just let it be a, um, acknowledge things within yourself um, and just move forward, always move forward, always look for that light at the end of the tunnel because it's there. Mm-hmm. It really is there. Yeah, absolutely. Well, beautiful message. Thank you, Bobby, so much for joining me on this show. It's been so awesome to reconnect with you and talk to you. Absolutely. Same here. And we, we can't, we, we appreciate you so much, Tudor, for utilizing your talents and your expertise yeah. to number one, help us get the word out the uh, out there yeah. to help us in general. You know, it's, it's, it's so heartwarming when, you know, people that haven't experienced what we experienced get on board and they're just as passionate about it as we Absolutely, are. That's, yeah. that's just awesome. And you were just a wonderful person that you give to the community so much, you know, Thank all you. the Thank organizations you so you're involved in, you're, you know, we need, we need to clone you. Oh, yeah. I don't know. I I would probably end up fighting with myself, but, you know. (laughs) Well, thank you so much, Bobby. Where can they find out more about you? Where can they donate to Katie's Way? Where can they support what you're doing? Uh, Well, we have a website, and they can Mm -hmm. find out a whole lot of information on the website. We put it all out there. Uh, That's where you can donate, find out what we're doing, what's going on in the community, how to help yourself or help somebody else with regards to dating. Yeah, educational material. It's at org, Mm -hmm. and that's spelled K-A-I-T-Y-S-W-A-Y.org. Katie's spelled a little bit differently, Mm -hmm. but it's K-A-I-T-Y-S-W-A-Y.org. Super. And are there any cool uh, events coming up if they're in the Valley and they're maybe looking to participate like you guys were doing some uh, some yard sales? I remember that were pretty big or anything else that's coming up. Um, let's see. We have uh, let's see. I'm looking later in the year. Mm-hmm. Um, well, October is National Domestic Violence Awareness Month. Oh, wow. OK. We will have a lot going on in that month. We'll okay. be in a lot of high schools, setting up resource tables, really cool. you know, outreach and everything. 
Um, we are also, oh, February is National Teen Dating Violence Awareness Month. And that's a big month for us where, again, we're out in the community. We're doing all kinds of things. Um, As far as fun events that we're participating in, we are at the end of, well, we are going to be looking at our calendar and getting more stuff out there as far as uh, what we're doing, how we're doing it, uh, the events that are going on. And just uh, take a look at the calendar, and and we'll have it out there for everybody. Super. Awesome. So katiesway.org. Thank you so much again, Bobby, for joining me on this episode guys if you uh, want to support this organization it's a beautiful thing they're doing I really encourage you I mean that's like uh, Bobby was saying this is an issue that is much greater than many of us who haven't experienced that too much uh, even realize so these are some awesome causes to support check out the community page on my website Uh, you can also find a link there as well so thank you again for listening if you find this episode useful share it with your friends you never know who can resonate with these messages so i hope to be contributing to your life and enriching your own journey so thank you so much for listening and thank you bobby for joining me on the show thank you tutor you're listening to the seven transformations podcast with your host tutor alexander For weekly articles on creating a life you love, stay connected at the7transformations.com.